Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where I profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the resources that are shaping their thinking and inspiring their practice. For show notes and links from each episode, visit teachersonfire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today, I am speaking with Julia Fliss. Julia is an educator, activist, world changer, sustainable development goals, ambassador, lifelong learner, creative, and a yogi. Follow Julia on Twitter at Julia Fliss and on Instagram at Julia Fliss as well. And I should mention, Julia has been a tremendous supporter of the Teachers on Fire podcast. So thank you for that, Julia. And thank you for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? I am. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Like I said, we've been connected on Twitter for a while, and this is just another one of those connections that we're taking to the next level today. So this is super fun. Why don't you start telling us a little bit more about your current context in education? What does that look like for you? I would love to. Um, I currently teach sixth grade language arts at Evergreen Middle School in Evergreen, Colorado. A little bit of demographics about my community. We're a mountain town, um, actually unincorporated, which is an interesting fact. Um, Pretty privileged, I would say, but we're also a bedroom community, uh, meaning that we're about 30 minutes from central Denver, Um, So we have quite a few kiddos and parents who come and go to and from Denver, um, work-related. And as such, we have kind of a high mobility rate um, of kiddos. There's lots of kids who've moved four or five times in their lives and who've lived um, internationally. So I'd say we're full of resources and global connections um, as a school in and of itself. There is a lot of opportunity there, and I like the sound of that community. Well, it is story time, Julia, so let's jump right into that. Share with us about a low moment or an experience of adversity that you've faced somewhere in your teaching or education career and describe how you overcame it. I think I'd start by clarifying first in terms of low moment versus growth moment. Um, for me, it's, it's more beneficial Um, and serving to come from and every moment is an opportunity to learn perspective. Um, And having said that, I'd say one of the more impactful learnings I've had in my teaching career was the shift in mindset I needed to make when I moved from Denver West High School, which is an inner city Title I school, to the mountains. Um, This move expanded my perspective um, with regards to where I felt like I could be kind of of the most value as an educator. In my past mindset, so at West, I was super passionate, fresh teacher. Um, I actually didn't go to teacher school, as they say. I have an alternative certificate. I basically packed my Volkswagen and drove West after college. And because I speak Spanish and was passionate about education, I landed at the door of West High School. And there, um, I I did the 12-hour-a-day thing. I really was... Yeah, entrenched in kind of a quick fix triage mentality. I was the one who did most work inside my classroom. Um, And although I was really fortunate to land on a team that kind of prioritized 
project-based learning, which is my lifeblood and how I move through the world in the teacher classroom, it, I created a recipe for, for kind of burnout there as that community was was that I was serving was was very much in need. And I put myself aside at every chance in order to help them. So that growth moment, as I say, was I'd say eight years in, um, I knew that I needed to take a step back and reevaluate. I needed to reflect on what I had created. Um, and I did that. I um, took a step back. I I actually became part of an online high school, so I stepped away from the kids. And what I figured out when I took that step back is that kids are kids are kids are kids, and they learn from everything we do. So if we create those kind of unhealthy relationships or we model unhealthy behaviors, they learn that. Um, And so when I created a 12-hour workday and I gave of myself in that way in every single moment, they learned that, hey, maybe that's that's what some people are like in the world. And that's they didn't they kind of didn't source themselves as much as they could have for their own growth potential. Um, and so from there, I decided I needed to turn that upside down. I decided that it was okay for me to come up to a mountain community, model healthy, create prosperity for myself, and that um, if I created like living a life that serves the most good for me, that in fact, that would set the same example for the kids. Um, so for me, it's not about going without or giving up in order to serve. It's about living into each moment and creating that reality where everyone has everything they need in every moment. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I don't think I've ever heard it put that way, Julia, where, you know, as you put it, we have this decision and many teachers, that's a common teacher story, right? Of modeling a life of 12 plus hour workdays and burnout and stretching ourselves to the maximum at the cost of our own wellness and health. And I don't know if I've ever heard it put that way that, you know, what are we modeling for students even in that sort of a lifestyle? And, you know, there's, it's been sort of a slow realization for me that I think our students actually connect better with us when they have a perception that we actually have a life outside of the classroom. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think, I think it's such a, a good message and I'm so thankful that you shared it, that it's the old oxygen mask line, right? We do have to make sure we are taken care of and we'll have so much more to give when we operate that way. Yeah, it's way more authentic. It's real. It's, hey, this is life. I want you to be your best. And look at me do what it takes to be my best too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Julia, at the end of 2019, I was thrilled to tour the UN Center in New York City for the first time. And of course, the Sustainable Development Goals are front and center in terms of what drives the UN's mission. So, Tell us why you are so committed to these goals as an SDG ambassador and how do they shape your teaching? I love, of course, this question. Um, So first, I need to say that's one of my dreams to go to New York City or D.C. with my kids to speak for the goals. Like I literally wrote this down on my teach SDG ambassador application um, on the question where they asked, dream big. What's your your biggest dream concerning the goals? And I said, I want to. I want to go with my kids to speak in Washington about how important they are and what they can do for the world. And I'm willing to do what it takes to get there. So um, just throwing that out there. But I'd say 
Why am I so committed to the goals? It's because my I'm so committed to our kids. I'm committed to our future. Who and these kids, we just deserve they deserve a classroom without walls, like a global learning community that prioritizes collaboration, collective well-being, and taking action for the good of people and the planet. Um, in this way, the goals are a launch point for me, like a common framework for universal understanding on just how to do that. Um, they're a platform for real-world connection, um, kind of a deep dive platform, um, kid-driven inquiry, design, voice, connection, passion, impact. They're this access point to connect with our global classmates in a way that is exciting, invigorating, and at our fingertips now because of technology. Um, I would say, for sure, education for me is definitely the greatest weapon with which I believe we can change the world. And the goals are that entry point. They're just this language. It's like, do you speak SDG? You bet I speak SDG and my kids do too. <laughs> and it's this, this, just this ebb and flow of learning and sharing and collaborating in a way that really energizes learning, I believe, in any classroom. Student-driven, passion-driven, inquiry-based, design thinking, and kind of making, making sense of the world. That was beautiful, Julia. I think a lot of teachers are, are out there driving right now and applauding along with you. Now, before we move on, I might be catching you a little flat-footed here, but do you have a one of the 17 that really resonates? It's really close to your heart. Yes, um, it's it's a fusion. Um, I'm a huge fan of four quality education, but at the systemic level. So that jumps it to 16. Uh, 16 is peace, justice, and strong institutions. And I truly believe that we are in need of a transformation right now in the education system. So quality education requires, in my view, a coming together, a looking in the mirror, a, a, a grassroots connection on the planet in a way that helps us all to create access for every single kiddo to get what they need in order to learn. We're not going anywhere as a planet, as a species, as an ecosystem on this planet, unless we reach out our hand to every single kid and every single person in a way that creates systemic change, like I said, on the planet in order to create the world that we deserve and want to live in. I love this conversation so much because our kids are growing up in a world where they really are citizens, yes, of their own country, but they're also citizens of the planet. And the internet has magnified that in a hurry. And so what they do, the actions they take will affect the entire globe, won't they? And I think it it also brings into focus just how important our foreign policy is. And so that leads us into political action and, and activism, of which I know you're you're very much a part as well. So, man, I would love to be in your classroom, but <laughs> like, <laughs> awesome, awesome stuff. I, I'm a social studies person in a big way, so I'm I'm loving this. Well, Julia, let's move on and, and talk about your activity in your PLN. You've been such an encourager and amplifier on Twitter. And as I mentioned earlier, I am so thankful for your support of this podcast and so many others 
So what is your message to educators who maybe hesitate to connect outside of their own buildings? I'm, I'm sure you've got a few of those right there at your own school. So how do you talk about the power of the PLN? Ah, again, fantastic question. Um, as I said before, I really believe it's our responsibility to model for kids the people we're encouraging them to be. So as a global citizen, I think we have to look outside the walls of our classrooms and our buildings in order to truly do what's right for our kids, especially given that global citizen perspective you just mentioned. Um, as an educator, I also believe that one of the best things we can do is look outside ourselves for guidance to be kind of an observer of our own behaviors, a reference point for learning and teaching that makes a global impact with every choice we make. So why not connect more? Why not le learn more? It's, it's an opportunity to walk the talk. Um, that's what led me to Twitter. Um, I... As a, as Jen Williams would say, as a lifelong and life-wide learner, I've always been super invested in my own evolution as an educator. I learned from the inside out. I didn't, ha I, like I said, I didn't go to teacher school. So my kids in my first classroom of 50 at West High School, when I was teaching freshmen, taught me everything I needed to know. I had to source them for what they needed. I sourced myself as um, a connector and kind of a resourceful person to find what they needed. And then I trained myself and brought that into the classroom. So every year I dig in, I find something new, I ask, I share, I, I create my own adventure PD. So in the summer of 2017, when I read Innovator's Mindset and George Kuros called me out and said, get on Twitter, I listened. I listened. It was a, it was a slow start. Um, I've never really been a huge so social media person, um, but I listened and I just started observing and I watched how Twitter as a system worked and I learned the the acronym PLN, which I wasn't aware of before. And I, I was able to connect with like-minded educators just by watching and kind of, kind of learning about what was happening in education from the inside out. And I was so excited because the way that I was feeling and the, and the practices that I felt were so powerful and authentic for kids in the classroom is what, what was, who I was connecting with. So I started listening to Cult of Pedagogy. Um, and that's how I actually first connected with Marissa Thompson and TQE, like the whole TQE family. She's been a huge mentor and supporter of me from the start. Um, just that kind of unlimited teacher, the only limitations you have are those you create yourself or those you accept. And I just launched. Um, from there, I went to the Human Restoration Project. So I know you're not asking for a whole bunch of story. I just like, I feel like our opportunity as educators to be the best we can be is truly by building on each other that hashtag better together couldn't be more true. And the moment we decide to invite that type of learning into not just our classrooms, um, not just modeling it for our kids and telling our kids that they should be doing it, but when, they, when we invite it into our practice, it is gold. It's like the moment when you get to transform yourself into you, then you're the next evolution of you. It's, it's a gift. So... I would encourage any teacher who's hesitating to try it. Get out there, jump in, take a risk. It's worth it. 
I just get goosebumps even listening to you, Julia. And wow, do I ever wish it was around back when I was a rookie, you know, when I was just starting out. And unfortunately, I'm too old. And I was basically launching my career when the internet was still a child. So (laughs) Twitter probably wasn't even a thing back then. But um, I mean, the opportunities are incredible. And, you know, I can think off the top of my head of two practices that I am actively involved in in my classroom, including one I just tried for the very first time today that come from people I've never met. They're outside of my building and we're connected through Twitter and through podcasts. And it's, it's just an incredible, incredible time. So I know that you are active on EduTwitter, Julia. Is there something that you are really enjoying right now? Is there a particular chat or a theme or what's going on in EduTwitter that's got your attention? I don't know that it's necessarily a chat or a theme. I could I could list a, th- a few, but my favorite is when I get to see inside a teacher's classroom when someone's willing to share like what kids are doing. They've tried something out. They're um, you know revealing a oh my gosh this didn't work very well. But when when there's like an authentic moment of learning that truly provides a window into their world. It, it lights me up. I just, I will always find those posts and dig in, learn more and celebrate. I just, I really believe that that's how we become better. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Well, a similar question, but maybe zooming outside of edu Twitter, Julia, is there something in education right now, something else, maybe something that we haven't mentioned that is also setting you on fire, that is really getting you pumped up these days? The one that I actually am most passionate about teaching or about sharing is the one we've already mentioned. I could actually go on for hours. It's just this this amazing like collective group of educators who share this common vision that are beginning to connect, align, and collaborate in order to actually change the education system. Like there's pockets of people everywhere who are recognizing the need for that like student-driven learning in a classroom. There's pockets of teachers who are reaching out to connect globally. There's pockets of teachers who are writing curriculum and then kind of offering it up as a, hey, here's a here's a potential launch point for you to create global citizenship in your classroom. There are organizations in schools that are offering up um, guidebooks. There's just everyone, I feel like everyone right now is, is creating a momentum to change the world. Um, I could name names. There's, there's schools that are popping up like SDG lab schools in um, Africa that are, that are literally being built right now from the ground up to help refugees get the education that they deserve and need. And it's this global outstretched hand to help the planet be its best. Um, so what's setting me on fire about education today is the global collaboration, is the global common common good, the humanity, the, the collective system we're becoming to be that change we want to be in the world, to help the planet and ourselves and our entire ecosystem become the best we can be. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Julia, thank you so much for that. And wow, just to think about 
as you put it, schools sprouting up in Africa or across the world on every part of this planet with a similar vision for the future is super, super exciting and inspiring. Julia, how are you looking to grow professionally and improve your practice this year? Have you got, or do you remember, you probably set some kind of a professional goal back in the fall. We call ourselves lifelong learners. What are you focused on next? Uh, So I am on a team at my school. I am the language arts teacher. I'm sure lots of schools run this way. There are two sixth grade teams. There's a language arts, math, science, and social studies team on each team. Um, And so from a practical standpoint, uh, my professional goal is more collaboration with my current team. Um, I crave that time when we can do interdisciplinary connections, when we can talk about what lights us each up, um, when we can create a shared, it's not necessarily only the curriculum, it's like this shared community of of teacher learners so that we can impact our shared community of student learners. So a goal that I set for myself at the beginning of this year is to create a pathway to do that with the SDGs. I just, they just dropped into my lap. I, I sought them out last year and I got the bug. I just went for it. And so this year, my whole goal was to um, create a framework or pathway so that my entire teaching team could access them in a way that allowed them to build, create, and dive in the way that I have. So my professional goal is to create that framework and platform so that our kids are able to see and feel a team approach to learning um, that allows everyone to grow and everyone to get excited and everyone to get on board to make that change. Well, that's more global vision and it's more inspiration. So little by little right? Growth happens over time. So that is very encouraging to listen to. And then I also like to pull back the curtains, Julia, on who you are as a human being. So outside of education, what's another area of learning for you? What is it that really ignites your passions when you leave the classroom? One of my biggest ignition areas, I'll call it, is doing soul work. I have just this lifelong passion for spiritual growth. Um, For me, this looks like, um, as Zoe would say, being a solutionary. So I live off grid in a cabin um, that's backed up to our local wilderness area. It's phenomenal. It it really helps me connect to nature every single day. Um, I draw and source kind of inspiration, guidance, but through meditation. Um, I really care about my core as a human being and as an opportunity to evolve and become, be my best self. Um, I'm also super passionate about art. Um, So I'm always looking for ways to learn that way. Um, I'm a huge traveler. I just, I'm a, a life liver. I believe that we truly learn from our experience of the world around us. And I believe that we create our reality. So as I choose to experience each moment and surround myself with 
the experiences, the people, the places, the opportunities that I choose to draw in, I, I dig deep. I'm a, a definite thinker um, and philosopher. So I would say what brings me alive as a human being is the gift that it is to be a human being and be in this world right now, getting to experience and creating the experiences I am. Julia, that was a beautiful picture. Now, I know my listeners will want me to follow up just a little bit. So you mentioned, you mentioned, my voice is cracking. I'm so interested here. (laughs) You you mentioned that you are living off the grid. So when I hear off the grid, I think outside of internet, I'm not in cell, cell phone range. Are those two true for you? Do you have no internet and no cell coverage at home? You're so right. I said it out loud. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. So I act, no, I live in a cabin and we have iffy internet. It's pretty, um, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's wireless. It's we're, we're out there. There's, there's touchy cell phone service. Um, I am not, you are so right. I am not off grid entirely. Okay. I, it feels like I am when I'm there. Um, but you're totally right. Okay, I got you. So you are you're thoroughly in nature, and you're you're pretty removed from uh, from civilization. And with wonky, let's say, dial up uh, speed connections, you're probably not streaming a whole lot of video, uh, HD video in your cabin there. So uh, I get the picture. I get the picture. But I'm but I am comforted for your safety, so that you can <laughs> you can contact people right. if you have right. a problem. Um, and and then we're about to get into your quick picks, Julia, but I've got one more question here first, and that is share about a personal habit or a productivity hack that contributes to your success. How do you get it all done? Um, you're going to be so surprised by this. <laughs> Not. Um, really, it's it's just the mindfulness practice. I, I love yoga. I create time for it. I will get up at four in the morning to get on an elliptical I just, I need quiet time and I need that time when I'm unplugged from, it isn't society necessarily, but it's definitely being unplugged from a screen or being unplugged from the the quick vibration. I just need to be, I need to have that quiet space inside of me. And so that's what the morning is. That's definitely what happens at night. Um, And that's what makes me during the day, just on fire. It it brings me so much energy and so much joy to bounce around the way I do and say, as I walk into every, the classroom every single day, my kids will tell you, I'm like, happy Monday, happy Tuesday. Today was happy thigh day because it's a combination of Thursday and Friday. They don't have school tomorrow, but it, that allows me to be my best in every minute here. Right. Right. Love it. So cool. Well, Julia, it is time for your quick picks, the education voices and resources that are shaping your practice and inspiring your thinking today. So let's start at Twitter, where you have made such a name for yourself. And I mean, I don't mean that in a negative way, but you have, as I said earlier, elevated and amplified and supported and encouraged so many other educators. Tell us about people we should follow there and share why they've been inspiring you lately. So that's a really hard question because there's so many and I don't, I never want to leave anyone out. So it's, it's tricky. Um, 
So I definitely mentioned the TQE family and I'd mention HRP, Human Restoration Project, because they're amazing. Um, and I think another small group of kind of soul sisters, I feel that I have had the privilege and gift to connect with, um, I, we call ourselves the Wolf Pack, would have to be Abby French and Kelly Berry and Donna Guerin. And I know Abby's been on um, Teachers on Fire before, and she's just, you know how amazing she is, and Kelly's upcoming. Um, Donna hasn't been on yet, and she is a rock star. She's also an SDG ambassador. She is a sixth grade teacher, too, in Castle Rock at um, Renaissance Charter School. She's just a risk taker like me. She She is connected to SDGs. She's connected to the world. She's willing to jump in. Um, she has the bug, that SDG bug, and she's just she's just, just a passionate educator who pushes the envelope consistently and challenges me to be my best. So I'm gonna honor the wolf pack by saying, I think in that in that question. That's a good way to get around that that limit. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and I, I love that group of ladies, awesome educators. And you heard it here. Donna, you're going to have to come on Teachers on Fire. So I look forward to connecting with her. Point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using somewhere in your classroom or professional practice. Oh, there's so many. Um, right now, though, I'm loving Zoom. I love the ability to connect with people, kids, classrooms from around the world in a way that transforms the screen from passive to active. It's this this learning opportunity to literally have a window inside another, like I said, classroom or to talk with an expert or to see what might be happening in the world in a way that you wouldn't have the opportunity to without it. So I'm going to put my arms in the air for Zoom. Awesome. Recommend a book, one that you've been reading lately, or perhaps one of your all-time faves that's been deeply influential. Love it. Um, the book I just finished and is definitely one of my all-time faves, I feel like I've been waiting for this book for my life, is The World Becomes What We Teach by Zoe Wheel. Um, she is amazing. She works with the Institute. Actually, she co-founded the Institute of um, Humane Education. It is all about solutionaries creating and teaching the solutionary generation to um, be the change that we get to be in the world, to recognize um, inhumane, unsustainable and systems that we may have in the world, that we do have in the world, and then literally like create change, create restorative, healthy for everyone. It's, it's earmarked and ear tagged and underlined and I've photocopied and made, I've read it to my class. It's just, it's one of those books that I'll know I'll hold in my back pocket forever. Awesome. Well, I look forward to checking out that title. And Julia, I feel like you are a podcast listener. I've seen a few comments from you on Twitter. So tell us what you've got at the top of your list these days. What are you listening to? You mean aside from Teachers on Fire? Because I think this of is... Course. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Because really, it just... You're doing such a service to the Twitter, not just the Twitter community, you're doing a service to every teacher who has kids on the planet who listens. So oh, I'm thank gonna you just, so much. yeah, we got to raise you up for sure. It's a, it's a really big deal. Um, aside from that, I would elevate again, human restoration project. Um, 
their progressive ed podcast called Things Fall Apart. Um, and then Nick Covington, who is a co-creator with HRP, is doing a new podcast called Reteaching. Um, both of those podcasts are they're fantastic. So I love, I eagerly anticipate when the next one is coming out. Okay. Correct me if I have this wrong. HRP is like the umbrella organization. And then within Human Restoration Project, there are these different uh, podcasts. Do I have that right? Yes. Um, Human Restoration Project is definitely, it's a nonprofit that is working to right connect progressive educators on the planet. Um, and you're right. Both Chris McNutt and Nick Covington um, are co-creators, inspirers for that, and they each create their own and run their own podcast. Okay. Well, yes. And I, I'm going to second everything Julia said there. Make sure if you haven't heard of them, make sure you reach out and connect with the Human Restoration Project, just redefining, reimagining what education and assessment can look like. And then last question here, Julia, tell us about a YouTube channel that you enjoy and gain some value from. Oh, Ted Ed. Can't, can't speak highly enough about Ted Ed. Um, my kids love it. They will go home and watch, you know, educational um, Ted talk after educational Ted talk. Just today we watched the life cycle of a t-shirt. Um, they just, they crave it. They, and that's a skill for them to be able to pull um, important, interesting claim evidence information from a TED Talk and listen to people on the planet and what they stand for. That's it's a gift. And so TED Ed and then TED Ed Clubs, which is the um, YouTube channel for kids who are working to become those upstanders, the solutionaries, those world changers, change makers who are willing to stand up just inspires my kids like no other. So I definitely choose those. Julia, for those interested in connecting with you and your compelling vision for change, not only in education, but across the planet, how can listeners connect? What are the best ways to follow you? I'd say Twitter. I'm on Instagram too. Um, I'm not on a whole bunch. Um, Twitter's my, I'll say Twitter's my jam. I really source a lot and feed it a lot. So just Twitter. Awesome. Well, that's simple enough. Sounds good, Julia. Again, I wanted to thank you so much for sharing your time with the podcast today. As I said at the top, this has been a long time coming and I'm just so, I just so enjoyed this conversation. I feel inspired and re-motivated. So thank you for that. Take care and let's connect again soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Tim. Before we sign off today, I'd like to share highlights from around the Teachers on Fire community this week. First stop on Twitter, where Mr. Horner at THS, Mr. Underscore Horner tweeted, listen to my very first episode of my podcast, our first episode, Mrs. Julie Rudlowski, language arts teacher by Between Two Blue Devils. And Between Two Blue Devils is the name of his podcast where he celebrates the community and culture of his local high school. I replied, super exciting. I'm now following on Anchor and Spotify. Looking forward to listening. And Mr. Horner replied to that, wow, now that's a compliment. Not going to lie, your podcast is one of the motivating factors for me to dabble in podcasting. I listen nonstop. Thank you. 
Well, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate the kind words. Congratulations on the new podcast and let me know if I can support you in any way going forward. Next, I'd like to say hello to followers of Teachers on Fire on Instagram. I'll start with a bold comment from Mr. Sarah at Mr. underscore Sarah's underscore classroom, where he commented, I refuse to take work home. They pay me for my time, not for my soul. I already carry the emotional baggage of my students in my family time. That's enough. What are your thoughts on this? Do you take student work home? Why? How much? Or why not? Hop on this post, an original screenshot from a comment by Alice Keeler, and let me know where you stand on this issue of taking work home. Well, to all who have read, viewed, liked, retweeted, commented, or replied to my content in any way, thank you so much. You are the fuel to my fire, and I so appreciate your support. Teachers, I will also invite you to check out the amazing Teachers on Fire magazine on Medium, which is getting more views and reads than ever. Debbie Tannenbaum at Mrs. Tannenby on Twitter wrote a piece this week called Being a Saturday Teacher, where she asked the question, what makes some educators endure professional development while others engage in professional learning? I wrote a piece called Why We Should Sit With Our Students When We Come to the Level of Our Learners, Good Things Happen. And Lynn Thomas, at TomLynn101 on Twitter, wrote, T is for teaching and time. Ensuring teacher well-being makes a significant difference in the lives of teachers and students. The Teachers on Fire magazine is a Medium publication, and you'll find it on Medium.com or on the Medium app. If you'd like to join our growing writing team, your first step is to create a Medium account using your Google credentials. Message Teachers on Fire on any social media platform for details. Well, I will leave you with this quote from my reading Teachers on Fire. It comes from the pirate himself, Dave Burgess, at Burgess Dave on Twitter. In Teach Like a Pirate, Increase Student Engagement, Boost Your Creativity, and Transform Your Life as an Educator, Dave writes, quote, Much of your success as an educator has to do with your attitude towards teaching and towards kids. The rest of your success is based on your willingness to relentlessly search for what engages students in the classroom and then having the guts to do it, end quote. Awesome quote. Of course, Teach Like a Pirate, one of the best-selling books in the education space from the last decade. If you still haven't read it or obtained your copy, make sure to get on that. It's called Teach Like a Pirate. Again, I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and I'm so grateful that you decided to spend some of your day listening to this podcast. I hope that in some way the content you heard today from Julia Fliss ignited your thinking and inspired your practice. And I'll meet you next week right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast. Take care and have a great week.